What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of B-Shafe Daily. As we're breaking down a Cardinals loss in Atlanta tonight. That's right, they got shut out. No scoring by the St. Louis lineup. 4-0 loss for the Cardinals on Thursday, June 17th. Brendan Schaefer alongside you here to break down the series opener against the Braves. And Charlie Morton had the Cardinals number tonight, despite the fact that throughout his career, the Cardinals have fared pretty well against him, but hadn't faced him in a while. And if you recall, a lot of those games where I believe they read off on the one of the broadcasts, 2-12, and 12, I think, was his record coming in. A lot of that taking place with the Pittsburgh Pirates when he was a Pirate back in the day. And then he's gone on a little journey of self-discovery, becoming the pitcher that, that you see now, still pumping mid-90s at his age of 37 years old and doing a great job to stymie the Cardinals' offense tonight as he took a no-hitter into the seventh inning. I was not super involved in tracking the game. I was keeping an eye on things, but not per se working this evening. But then when I saw the Cardinals were still being no-hit in the seventh, I thought back to my ability over the weekend and then over the weekday games against the Marlins to kind of predict the future a little bit or impact the events from afar. And so I thought I would go ahead and use my powers for good for you guys, make sure the Cardinals didn't get no hit tonight. And I tweeted out, man, I've been waiting to tweet until the Cardinals got a hit. And sure enough, the next batter, Goldsmith, punches one into the outfield and takes away that embarrassment or potential embarrassment for the Cardinals. But there is still left to grapple with the fact that this Cardinals offense has pretty much been like this all year long. We use the word inconsistent, but I don't know if that's even terming it properly because you have to consider the fact that if you don't score many runs and and you do it pretty often, isn't that the consistency with which you're playing? It might not be good. It's just consistently ineffective. And there have been a lot of times this season where the Cardinals have been exactly that. And I know they're above 500 by a nose right now. And I know they've still got designs on the postseason. There's plenty of baseball left to be played. And I don't think that when when you say negative things about a team, that is to imply that the sky is falling and they're they're not going to go anywhere in the future, that you should give up on them now in mid-June. It's not what we're saying. However, it's been in the waters for weeks now that there are some legitimate problems with this Cardinals team. And as nice as it is to sweep the Marlins and as necessary as that is, doing that over Monday through Wednesday this week, that does not fix everything. We said that after, I believe, each of the games in the Marlins series. It might have evaded us in Wednesday's podcast yesterday, but if I didn't say it, I should have. Look, beating the Marlins is what you're supposed to do. What do you do against the other teams? And the Braves are even a team that's struggling as of late, coming in with a losing streak to the series before they got a hold of the Cardinals on Thursday night. Yes, the Cardinals before tonight were coming off three wins in a row. That's all well and good. But look what the offense has been over that stretch. And you're still not particularly enthused about what's going on here. You can take it back to Saturday against the Cubs. Again, arbitrary endpoints and so not entirely fair to do. But that's still a six-game sample size, so we're going to kind of run with it. Over the course of the last six games, the Cardinals have scored a grand total of nine runs. That's a run and a half per game. Didn't even need my calculator for that one. But over the course of those six games, the Cardinals have won three of them. 
So it's like, ah, they're treading water, 50-50, right? Not at all. That's you, you, Listen, you cannot just use the fact that they've won some of those games as justification for, for saying things are all right. And if you're Mike Schilt, we're going to get into some Mike Schilt after the game. It was a pretty lean post game. I myself was not involved in it, but I went back later and listened and found some of the audio that I thought would be worth playing. And we'll have to give credit to Katie Wu of The Athletic, who did a wonderful job this evening in her questions to the manager. And we're going to play a little bit of that for you because the answer that she got I thought was really valuable to hear because it's to the heart of you're Mike Schilt, you're the Cardinals manager. We've talked about the holes on this roster. We've talked about the issues the pitching staff has had. Now it's really incumbent upon the offense right now to get things going as the rotation has been able to certainly stabilize over the last five days. I mean, I told you what the record was over the six games where they've scored just nine runs in total. And just going back five games, that would be a full turn through the rotation. Now, John Gant pitched tonight. He's not your number one. But over the last five days, all five of the guys in your current starting rotation have pitched at least one game. And so it's fair to look at that and say, okay, what have they done their last time through, the last time each guy pitched? Well, even tonight, you got a pretty decent outing out of John Gant, who had struggled in his last couple of games. But in this one... Relative to where he had been, five and a third innings, three earned runs, a couple of walks, four hits, gave up a homer, four strikeouts, ERA up to 3.50 now. You remember about three starts ago it was 1.60, so nearly two full runs over the course of a couple of starts. Three starts, I should say, I believe, if that's being accurate there. But three runs in five and a third innings, you can live with that from your number five starter, which is what John Gant was when this season began. Now, when you're getting no hit by the by the other guy, a little tougher to live with. Morton ends up going seven and two-thirds, three hits, seven Ks, no walks. And then the bullpen comes in and gets the job done for Atlanta in a 4 nothing victory. Out hit 8-3 were the St. Louis Cardinals tonight. From the bullpen side for St. Louis, Ponce de Leon gives up a run in an inning plus. Wade LeBlanc, who we haven't talked about yet, but the Cardinals apparently now have Wade LeBlanc, pitched... Faced a couple of batters, recorded an out, no runs against him, gave up a hit. Dropped his ERA to 9.00, so that's good. Junior Fernandez lowered his to 7.15. To give you an idea of where the bullpen's at. Cardinals losing this one for nothing. But as I mentioned with regard to the Cardinals manager, I feel like he's in a spot where he doesn't have a whole lot left to say. And that maybe some of the, the heat that's on this team right now Deservedly so, should be on the players, because the players that are on this roster are a lot of the same guys that we thought many people did. I When, when I did the Twitter polls right before opening day, asking how many games the Cardinals would win, we ended up with a pretty hefty number. The polling was cut off at 85 and a half wins, which means the consensus would say 89 would be the Cardinals win total that'd be pretty good right now they're not on a pace for that at 35 and 34 just a game above 500 but this is basically the roster that we expected the Cardinals to have there are issues on the pitching side you thought you'd still have a healthy Flaherty you thought Michaelis might be able to contribute some people did I was a little questionable about that given what we saw in spring training which was not much if anything out of Miles Michaelis but for the most part Offensively, in particular, I mean, right now, you're missing Harrison Bader, but really nobody else of your 
key contributors, guys you expected to be starters. Edmundo Sosa has come on as a contributor, and now he's banged up with the hand, the wrist area, after the hit-by-pitch the other day. So that's understandable. But for the most part, this is the roster. And this is the roster that's underperforming right now and not getting the job done. And so if you're the manager of that roster, I know there's been some frustration with Mike Schilt, but as you'll hear him talk about tonight, and, and you may not like what you what you hear him say as as the face, the voice of the, the, the organization on a day-to-day basis. John Mozeliak is obviously a voice of the organization as well, but media doesn't talk to him every day. We don't hear from him on a day-to-day basis about things going on with the team. That falls to Mike Schilt as the manager of the club, and he's going to be asked these kinds of questions, and rightfully so. He was asked these kinds of questions tonight coming off of a three-game winning streak because tonight the Cardinals got shut out and just were pretty lifeless offensively. And so it's not a new trend. You, you'll you hear Mike Schilt reference in the clip I'm going to play for you, the fact that the Cardinals had just won three in a row, and that's absolutely true. And I understand his position in saying it, but I, I don't think that means we can overlook the issues that I've been talking about for a little while now offensively. That's really it kind of went under the radar, right? When the, the injuries were happening and you lost Flaherty, you had already had Michaelis go back down and the starting pitching had such a horrible stretch. But now they've kind of righted the ship. I mentioned Gantt tonight. But it started with Carlos Martinez last Sunday in the loss to the Cubs. Did a really nice job for the Cardinals. Gave him a chance on Sunday Night Baseball. Wasn't enough, but then Adam Wainwright comes through in his start against the Marlins. We then saw KK return. He did a great job. And then Johan Oviedo had the best start of his Major League career. Before John Gant tonight did a nice job. Nice enough. Kept him in the game. So now that the starting rotation has sort of begun to stabilize, ideally, right? You'd like to see that go forward for another turn or two or three or ten. Maybe that is the time that we shift a little bit and look at the offense where I was saying, even as that was going on, I was like, I know the starting pitching is in a bad spot. But we can at least articulate why that's happening, right? Like we see they're missing three-fifths of their rotation. Everybody's aware of that, right? And they and people were. And we talked about it on B-Shape Daily as well. That the underlying issues with the offense might have been even more concerning because of the fact that you've got the guys you've got. The guys that are here is your lineup. And you look up and down this lineup and you say, okay, yeah, Edmund. We expected to have him. Yeah, really like Edmund he's, when he's hitting doubles and things are going well. That's great. Dylan Carlson, I mean, yeah, the rookie. Supposed to have a really great season. Well, Goldschmidt, Arenado, like those are your your guys in the middle. Tyler O'Neill, certainly, and and he's exceeded expectations this year. Nothing negative to say about him. Had a couple of strikeouts tonight, but you know what? That's when you put Tyler O'Neill in your lineup, you you know that's going to come with the territory. And and right now, just be glad the amount of balls he's barreling up and hitting over the fence. He's he's been a very impactful player for the Cardinals, both offensively, defensively, and and I'll add on the base paths as well. He's done a nice job there. Yadier Molina batting sixth. You knew Yadi was going to be their catcher. That wasn't a surprise to anybody. You knew that Yadi was, you know, he's getting up there in age a little bit as much as uh, he wouldn't like to have that discussed. But you figure, okay, offensively, he's been declining a little bit as the years have gone on. Got off to a robust start this year, best start of his career. 
It has come back down to earth, certainly, now with the OPS down to 757. But nobody should have been surprised about the, the ebbs and flows of Yadier Molina's offensive output, right? Nothing about that should have been a surprise. Reading off further tonight's lineup, Matt Carpenter playing second base. He got one of the three hits for the Cardinals, so hard to rip him down too much. He's only hit 179 on the year. Obviously, that's not great. OPS of 634, but it's much higher in, on, on both regards than it was three, four weeks ago. He's actually been one of the team's more productive hitters of the last, I would say, three and a half, four, four, four weeks to a month or so in that time range. I don't know the exact dates on it. May 21st, I want to say, is when he kind of started turning things around little by little. So close to a month ago, given that we're heading into the hours of Friday, June 18th right now. But you kind of knew what Matt Carpenter was going to be going in, right? We said, hey, if you if you don't re-sign Colton Wong, there is a chance you'll have Matt Carpenter playing a lot of second base. We talked about this in October, November, December. These were the conversations that were being had about this team. It's just going to cost you the $12 million. Are you okay with that? No? Okay. Here's what you're deciding in making that decision. Again, that's not a Mike Schilt decision. That's that's the way, you know, the organization decided to go. That's the front office, but it's also ownership because you recall back at that time the conversation surrounding COVID and would there be full stadiums and when would that happen and revenues for the team that was all under under significant doubt at that point in time. And so the Cardinals lacking that flexibility without an understanding of the way 2021 was going to play out off the field with regard to those more business-related topics. They decided to save the money and cut Colton Wong. He ends up going to the Brewers. That's fine. But when you have even one injury, that you land Tommy Edmond in the outfield and Matt Carpenter at second base, which is okay if, if those guys are producing. But, you know, you kind of figured what you'd have in, in each of them. I, I, I think I think we knew in the offseason – did we think Tommy Edmond maybe more on the OPS? Certainly, he's really struggled as of late. And he was dealing with the injury, so you don't know how long he might have been dealing with that, trying to play through. Now he's back after a couple of days off, was 0 for 4 tonight with a couple of Ks. Batting average down to 260, OPS down to 683. Fewer than 50 points higher than Carpenter's. And the fan base has been quick to rip Carpenter all year long. Understandably so, he hasn't been performing on the grand scheme of the season, you just look at the numbers and you say, yeah, those aren't those aren't the, the kind of productive numbers that you would like to see out of, out of a starting player. Absolutely, I get it. But I'm just kind of comparing all this together. You know, I mentioned Carlson, OPS 753 is what it is. You know, that's fine, but he's not played like the ascending all-star player overall that you hoped he might be and that he absolutely still can become. But... If we're evaluating this offense for what it's been and what it is right now, the way it looks at present, Nolan Arenado has struggled massively. You hung your offseason on him, and he's probably going to be fine, but this is just where the Cardinals are at right now. 269 average, 809 OPS. He was very helpfully in the 850s and above there for a while was Nolan Arenado, and he just has not been quite quite himself at the plate lately, and he's been showing some of that frustration. We saw that during the homestand, the quick series against the Marlins. Certain opportunities in the game where he felt like he ought to have come through, you you saw that on the field when when he reacted to, to certain situations, not being able to do that for his team. I'm sure he's wearing it just like everybody else. It's great that the Cardinals, again, were able to win those games because if you're losing every day, it feels a whole heck of a lot 
worse than than if you're at least coming up with some wins. Cardinals got a few things to feel good about over that Marlins series, and they, they win on a couple of walk-offs. But, you know, they, they scored seven runs in those three games and had another game where they scored two and have been shut out twice over the last six. There's your nine. There's where the Cardinals are at right now. Paul DeYoung is, is the only guy in the, the regular lineup that I haven't been able to touch on yet. Doesn't look good. 164-610 OPS. I know he's just coming off of an injury, but the batting average was in the 170s before before he departed. His average now, 15 points lower than Matt Carpenter's. The OPS is 24 points lower. Those are just the numbers. And I recognize DeYoung brings more of a defensive value than does Carpenter, but that that's what it is right now, guys. And, and Jose Rondon, the only guy to make a pinch hit appearance in today's game, Actually did get a base hit. One of the Cardinals three. Goldsmith had the other. OPS of 561. So you don't have a lot of noise or thunder off your bench right now either. This is the roster that was constructed. And that's why I want to get into a little bit. You'll hear from Mike Schilt. We're going to go ahead and play that for you. But when you hear in his voice the the, the concept of, I don't really know what else I'm supposed to say. There's I mean, there's a reason for that. And I think it's it's baked into a lot of the fact of, what we just read off with some of the numbers and, and looking at the lineup. But then again, if you hear the names, you think, where, who exactly are you going to replace? We'll get into it. We'll talk about it a little bit after we hear from Mike Schilt. And you'll hear, once again, this Katie Wu came up with the, some of the questions for the manager tonight. And you'll hear one of her questions. I, I, I'm not trying to steal her content or anything like that, but she does a great job here. And I want people to be able to hear the exchange because it was a, a bit of a back and forth where... She'll make some commentary, and she, she says, well, here's here's what I meant by that, and I want you to understand, and so everybody can be on the same page. So here's the exchange, and then we'll talk a little bit more to wrap up the show about what it all means. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, we've, we've got a, a lengthy lineup, um, and we face some tough pitching, and, you know, um, we gave guys a couple, you know, gave, gave a guy a blow yesterday, and, you know, Tommy's had a couple of days off, and, um, some other guys have had some opportunities and, you know, we've won three out of our last four. So, um, I guess some tough pitching, so I'd rather not alibi the fact we haven't been as consistent, but, uh, you know, I don't know what more to, to really tell you. I've had, look, if I had a real clear answer to it, um, with the 30 something years of baseball I've been in, I'd be doing it and our staff, um, and our players, you know. I can just tell you the preparation, the approaches there, you know, we'd love to have more results. I'm sure everyone that's following our club would like that. Um, but, you know, I don't know what else you can expect me to do. I don't think it's an expectation on you. I'm just curious from a manager's perspective, if there is anything that can be tweaked in an approach or the lineup, as you mentioned, or if this is just a stretch that you, you can ultimately check up to 162 games. I mean, I feel like this team has been very level-headed throughout the highs and the lows, and it's just, is it just a matter of waiting it out? And it's, I guess my, the point of my question is, how do you find that timing as a manager? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, we've talked about it. I understand it completely, and I, and I can't sit here and, you know, have my head in the sand proverbially, but, um, you know, we've, we've got what we have. We feel like we're using it the best we can. Um you know, it's uh, it's really a matter. I mean, the guy was good tonight. Threw one hitter. 
you know, into the no hitter into the seventh. I mean, you know, they brought in a guy that's you know really good at the bullpen. Um, you know, you know Jackson's effective guy, and, and Smith's a you know I believe he's made an All Star club or two. So, you know, that's that's part of it. I mean, Morton pitched in the playoffs and pitched well in, in big games. So I don't, you know, I, you know, it's some sometimes you really do have to say the other team has been effective as well. So there's Cardinals manager Mike Schilt, and you heard from Katie Wu of The Athletic that was tonight on the Cardinals' Zoom for the postgame, and you heard Schilt there at the end. And that was a lot to take in, right? And I and I told you that it would be you'd hear Schilt kind of when he, when he was asked about, you know, what do you do to, to kind of get things moving? And, and I don't think Katie was asking specifically about the lineup. You know, the lineup is going to be what it is, especially when, you, when your bench guys – aren't necessarily very robust right now, and you, you are dealing with a, a few injuries to that group without an IL stint for, for any of them. Tommy Edmond muddled through, and right now you've got Edmundo Sosa. They're trying to save him from, from the IL stint, get him to muddle through and be able to be available back in a couple of days. Remains to be seen if that's going to to work or not. You can always go retroactive to the day of the injury if you need to, as long as he hasn't appeared in a game since then. So, We'll see what that ends up looking like. But, yeah, it's not really a lineup issue if you're the manager of the team and, and you've got the pile of guys to choose from and you're pretty much putting out there the, the guys that you've got, right? I I understand Mike Schiltz. I don't even know if frustration is even the word. He didn't sound frustrated. He's understanding of the questions that he's going to be asked and the fact that they haven't performed. But it's almost befuddled. Where it's like, you know, what else is a guy supposed to do when this is the team that he's been given? And so, to that I would say, yes, do the Cardinals perhaps need to look at starting pitching as far as the, the trade market is concerned? I, it'd be a worthy endeavor, absolutely. But at the end of the day, this offense I don't think is going to get it done with the guys they have in-house. Maybe they are. Maybe, it's, maybe there will be something that wakes them up and they can find that consistency. But we are 60-some-odd games right now into the season. 69, actually. Very nice. And so we're closing in on the halfway mark. And sure, a, a team can collectively, over the second half of the season, be they, they can profile completely differently from an offensive perspective than they had over the, over the first half. We've seen it happen before. Cardinals teams making great comebacks, and then idiots like me end up with egg on our faces because we say, oh, we don't think they can get it done. I'm not trying to be a doubter. I think people who listen to me regularly will will recognize that I try to keep a level head about things. And often I'm the ones, you know, I'm the guy telling fans like, all right, hold on, you know, I, I know it looks bleak, but here's, you know, try to offer the other side. And I know the Cardinals have won three out of the last four, and that's a great way to frame it. And if, and I, if I were a team employee, I'd be doing it the same way. But I think if you're the front office right now, you got to be looking at this roster and saying, "I if we're going to commit to contention this season, and maybe it's too late for them to to really go full bore into that." But I feel like it it shouldn't be the case because if you went out and got Nolan Arenado, you're committed. At that point, you're committed to trying to win, trying to show him that St. Louis is the place that he wants to be. Because while I think it's really unlikely that he would opt out after this season or the next, because he'd have to be performing at a level that he could realistically turn down the the $30 million a year or whatever it is that remains on his contract for the next several seasons in order to to do that. You know, you'd go into free agency and you'd get what you'd get. 
right now he's not performing like a player that would necessarily get more than he's got. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. So I don't think the opt-out is the front thought in the mind, but you want you want to be doing well after you make the commitment to go getting a franchise name, a cornerstone kind of player like Arenado. I think you owe it to, to Arenado, you owe it to Yachty, you owe it to Adam Wainwright, who's pitching his butt off this year for the Cardinals. He and Yachty perhaps in their final years. We don't know. We don't know what that's going to look like yet. They haven't committed to anything beyond this season, and they're playing it out, understandably so. But you also owe it to the fan base, I think. I think that's fair. When you look at the fact that we you know, we touched on it with the attendance this week at Bush Stadium during the Marlins series, they announced 24,000 and change each of the three games. And I wasn't making a huge deal out of that because I didn't believe it was a huge deal. Yes, we didn't see under 30,000 announced maybe even in the history of this building prior to the COVID situation. And once I get back to full capacity, I didn't think that was an immediate license, even though it was in Chicago when the Cardinals played the Cubs over the weekend. I didn't think full capacity on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday against the Marlins in 95-degree heat in the middle of a pandemic. You know, I know that we're on our way out of things right now with the pandemic, but it's the reality of the situation, right? It's not a huge surprise that people didn't want to jump right back in, but a, a very real part of that is the fact that the Cardinals have not been playing well or had not been playing well leading into that series. And you had people, I saw the sentiment on social media, people just saying, well, I, I, I don't want to spend my money, I don't want to go to watch them play the Marlins. And, you know, ideally, to me, you know, if I'm sitting in that seat, I'm thinking, they darn well better beat the Marlins, so I don't need to be there to see it. Because if I'm if I'm sitting in my home and on my couch watching the game, and it turns sour, I've got full license to turn it off, because... I, that should be the, the least stressful situation if you're playing the Marlins. You should just expect victory, and it should be relatively calming. As it was, they had to walk off twice. But I understand. Like, I get it. Not wanting to not only emotionally invest on that level, but financially invest. That's a thing. You know, the Cardinals talked about their revenues and, and talked about not being able to know if they could afford this or that in the offseason. All right, well, everyday Joes, fans, average people, they certainly are in a boat where they've got legitimate decisions to make with their money as well. And I don't blame, I don't fault anybody one bit for not selling out against the Marlins on on a weekday series. Do I think the attendance is going to continue to be a problem when the Cardinals get better opponents, more interesting opponents on, on better days like weekends as the summer goes along? No, I think you'll at least... You know, you'll certainly see more than 30,000, probably north of 35, depending on the opponent. I know it's Pittsburgh next weekend. I, I still think you'll be fine for attendance-wise against the Pirates during that series. I think you'll end up, you'll certainly see season highs maybe once or twice over that weekend relative. But right now, it's relative to 24,000. So, uh, you know, there's only there's only up to go from here. But look, this is all tied into the fact that Cardinals fans right now, they're, I, I think they're they're looking toward the, the roster and the team and the organization and saying, you know, we see what's going on, what might end up being done about it. Maybe the answer is the players they have, because I, like I said, you look at the lineup up and down, Carlson, yeah, you, you expect him to be in the lineup. You like Dylan Carlson. Do people like Goldsmith? I, I should think so. Nolan Arenado, sure. O'Neal, sure. Yachty, of course. 
you know, that's a bulk of the lineup. Are people frustrated right now with Paul DeYoung? Yeah. I would say there's probably not a lot of people in his corner generally in Cardinals Nation. I understand it. They want to see more production. I'm sure he'll try like hell to, to provide that production. But most of these names, those are the guys you planned around, right? You didn't, you're not going to say bench Goldschmidt, bench Arenado, bench Tommy Edmond, bench Dylan Carlson. Because I got to tell you, the options behind those guys right now, not, not I, I've been saying, not very robust. So these are the horses that, that you've got. Can the front office supplement that? Sure. Should they? I, in my opinion, yes. Is that easier said than done? Perhaps. Because, all right, if you aren't very high on this season as a fan right now, a little bit emotionally divested, 35 and 34, fourth place in the Central, and you're kind of wondering what the, the next couple of months are going to look like for the Cardinals, the front office is probably thinking, yeah, we're not so sure either. Is this worth trading a Nolan Gorman? Is this season, is 2021 worth sacrificing prospect A, B, C, or D to get a player and try to make a run? Legitimate questions when you're sitting in fourth place in your division. So, Cardinals are looking for moves. I'm sure they're they're trying to make those moves, but at the same time, it's just the unfortunate reality of where they are that it's hard to be gung-ho. It's almost like, when you, when you got Arenado, you figured that would be the, the piece you would need to say yes. When the deadline comes, wherever they are, they're going to add even more because this is the season to go ahead and make a run. Not that there's a window. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that there's a championship window that's going to close on the Cardinals. It doesn't have to be that way. If I mean, if everybody collectively that they thought was going to be good turns out to not be good anymore, yeah, it's probably going to be that way and it's going to be some bleak times. But doesn't necessarily have to be that way and and I I don't look at the core of the team and say well they're aging out of it they're you know they're this or they're that I think they've got enough I've said each of the last two three years they've got enough young pitching in the organization most of it is graduated but they've still got some, some names on the way that I just don't think that there is such a window for the Cardinals I think the Cardinals can sustain success for the next several seasons but they got to figure this out offensively and at some point that may mean a hitting coach Right? Like, people are already calling for that. I'm not the guy that likes to call for people to be fired. But as I've said, I hope they're taking a good hard look at things. Because that's the question, right? That's the question that was asked of Mike Schill tonight. What what can be done? No, we're not talking about the lineup. We're, we're, we're wondering genuinely, is there something in the approach of this offense that can be pinpointed to say we need to adjust it this way or that to be able to come up with better results? I don't question for one minute that everybody on this this roster and on the staff is pouring everything that they have into the effort of trying for better results. Jeff Albert among them. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But something does have to give at some point, and so I, ideally that thing is the Cardinals score more runs and everybody's happy. If it's not, though, you've you've gone down this path of Jeff Albert is to fix the organizational structure of hitting. He is the hitting czar and he's going to oversee all of that. Overhaul all of that and that's happened and now the Cardinals are are still waiting at the major league level anyway for those results. It's a little too early to say well what about the development of the minor minor league guys. Maybe, maybe that's going exactly as they would, would hope for it to. We've seen good things out of Nolan Gorman. Absolutely. We've seen good things out of some of the, the minor league prospects. Certain guys like Delvin Perez have kind of actually come back to life over the last couple couple years. Really just this season I'm talking about. I've seen 
some more highlights from him playing at Double A Springfield than I than I ever thought I'd see 12, 16 months ago. So it there are bright things happening in the organization, but ultimately at the major league level, you've got to you've got to wrestle with what you've got offensively right now. And if you're the front office, you're wrestling with that. You're wrestling with the fact that you know, okay, how many of these guys can can we count on to to rebound? And then maybe there's some room to make some additions to this roster before the end of July that we can try and make a push this season. This is a stretch to do it, though. Like, if, if the Cardinals, and again, I don't think it ought to be incumbent upon the roster. Like, the roster should be performing better. There's no doubt about that. But once you got Arenado, that should have been the flashpoint to say, yes, we're in. And so, uh, for better or worse, it seems like right now the Cardinals are in a position where they kind of have to show the front office that it's worth pursuing and worth maybe sacrificing a little bit of the future. Not recklessly by any means, but that the 21 the 21 roster is worth supplementing so that they can try to make a run this season. They can try to do something special this season when they get Jack Flaherty back, when they get Michaelis back. There's a lot of reasons to think the Cardinals could be good in August and September. But right now is the part of your schedule where you face a very, very soft schedule. I don't think the Braves are a bad team, but record-wise, they're below you. And and they beat you silly today, 4 nothing. Really didn't pose a threat. Cardinals did not pose a threat tonight against the Braves. Not for anything the pitching did wrong. Four runs that you give up, that's not the end of the world. You can live with that. But if you don't score, it's my favorite thing to tweet out. You can't win if you don't score. I say it all the time. And it is true. If you do not score any runs, you will not win any games. Cardinals did not score today. I don't want to hear about anything the pitching did to me. It's time to talk about the offense, especially when it's been a trend over the last six games now. Nine runs in six games. It's great that you won half of them, but it doesn't mean that the, the underlying problems are not still there and and worth talking about. So you've got Atlanta, three more games against the Braves. Then it's Detroit, then it's the Pirates, then it's the Arizona Diamondbacks to finish up June. What did I say yesterday? Nine and four needs to be the goal over that stretch. Well, now it needs to be 9-3 because you lost the first one. Maybe 9-4 is not realistic. Maybe it's not possible to do. I think the Cardinals could walk out of this Atlanta series, 1-3, let's say, and still rattle off 8 out of 9. Like, it's possible. That's how bad the teams are that they're going to be playing after the Braves. But it's got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere for the Cardinals. So we'll see what it looks like. Bleak episode today, and I feel like I was trying to vibe a little bit with, with what Cardinals Nation is is. I would have to imagine feeling right now. Try to keep a level head. I I don't I don't want to be doom and gloom guy. I want to be uh, the guy that evaluates the things as I see them. And right now, I just see a Cardinals offense that needs to when they score six runs tomorrow, that'll be great. But then they also need to score four the next day. And then when they face a tough pitcher the day after that, they have to score another four. You know, Cardinals are going to face tough pitchers. Mike Schultz said you got to tip your cap. I get it. There are only so many times the Cardinals are going to be able to tip their cap, though, this season before you realize they're not a playoff team. Like, I don't listen to the post games from the Miami Marlins or the Baltimore Orioles or the Detroit Tigers, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't listen to those. But if they're tipping their cap two out of three games and that's why they're going to lose 100, that's not good. You know, the the Cardinals can tip, they can tip their cap every once in a while, but the Cardinals are better than that. And I don't think that, I think that at some point it's got to you got to look inward a little bit and say 
how are we going to fix this to where the next guy, the next guy that throws good against us, we we just we're better offensively. It's going to happen every once in a while, but six times in one week, I think that's a little bit. I don't think it's too much to ask. Let's put it this way: to say the Cardinals for the for the aspirations of the team that they have, and again, these stretches will happen throughout a season. I get that, but the Cardinals just came out of one of those stretches. Are they starting a new one? They would like to think not. So. We'll end up seeing what it looks like for the Cardinals. They're going to try to bounce back on Friday against the Braves. Should be Carlos Martinez's turn. I haven't looked, but I assume that is the case, given that he pitched on Sunday. Look for a build-on build, build on effort from him, and, and hopefully something from the offense comes to life, and, and, and it'll give us a little bit of something else to talk about tomorrow. Thank you all for listening to this episode of B-Shape Daily. I appreciate you doing so, as always. Make sure to subscribe to the show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the other wonderful podcast hubs where you find your audio listening pleasures. Appreciate y'all once again, and we will talk to you tomorrow on B-Shape Daily.